Hi, my name is Rob Scott from CX Today News. Hope you're doing well. So today I'm joined by Jennifer Murphy, who's a CMO at Five9, and Claire Muscat, who's a founder and CEO at Women in CX. And together they're going to be sharing their CX predictions for the year ahead. Welcome, everybody. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. Great to see you both. Um, and well, first of all, I mean, I've got to say this is my favorite time of year, that time when we get to take stock of everything that's happened and predict what trends we can expect to see unfold in the year ahead. So, I mean, waste not, want not, let's dive straight in. Uh, in let's talk, first of all, hybrid work. Um, Jennifer, I mean, take this one first. How is the new work style been affecting contact centers? and digital customer experience in 2022. And how do you see it kind of playing out in the year ahead? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting one because, uh, you know, there was, it went through a, a whole journey, right? Everyone had to take their contact centers remote and that brought a whole set of challenges. Um, and now, you know, I think a lot of management teams are debating, well, do I bring my teams back or do I allow them to stay remote or do I create some sort of hybrid environment? And I think there was a really interesting study that came out from Microsoft that said about 73% of employees said they need a better reason to go into the office more than just company expectations. And so I think that's part of the challenge. It's like, why do we bring people back into the physical contact center? Um, and what's the reason for that? And so what we see actually a lot of customers thinking about is saying actually we'll have a hybrid work environment. And that doesn't necessarily mean partly in the contact center and partly at home, that actually means in some cases fully remote, but then bringing agents in to maybe do training or do periodic team building so that they can still keep that company morale and culture and make sure that their agents are trained and educated and have the support that they need. So I think hybrid is going to be the key, but I don't think it's hybrid like we traditionally think about it. I think there'll be multiple versions of hybrid as we go into 2023. Very interesting. Almost like a hybrid of hybrids. Yeah, yeah, we need a new word for it. We need a new word for it. We need some new buzzwords, absolutely. Claire, what's your take on hybrid work? How's that affected contact centres and the customer experience ultimately? So I agree with Jennifer in terms of the data that's coming out is that people having made that huge shift to working from home, um, there are a large proportion who don't actually want to go back, particularly women are finding um, the work from home way of working significantly better however because a lot of the implementation was done in quite a rush a lot of the technology was implemented but the employee experience especially for the contact center agents didn't necessarily get designed and delivered in a way that actually makes working in that kind of home environment necessarily something that works for their mental health so i think we've seen something i think it's around four out of 10 employees in contact centers saying they feel completely burnt out by working from home. And actually a, a proportion do actually want to go back so they can leave work <laughs> at work, so to speak. And then, you know, trying to manage really difficult conversations of course from your bedroom, I can imagine must be a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, but from the kind of customer end of hybrid work, I guess you know, we've seen internet use kind of returning to pre-pandemic levels where we saw that kind of big inflation that big spice so actually people are using the internet less than they were before so when it comes to contact centers and interactions um you know being able to use all of these great tools that you 
can access from home awesome however what we see quite a lot of is then interacting with people who are working from home on the content center side they're not feeling quite the same level of compassion and appreciation for you know their internet signal might be not as good or um things are going on in the background and that has actually impacted customer experience so um so i think like depending on who you are where you're working and what your preference is i think companies are going to need to meet the employees where they're at and um, be able to provide the right kind of work environment, whether that's in the office for your hybrid basis or for purely from home. Um, but there are definitely some changes in terms of experience design that are required. And I think the other thing as well that, that Claire mentions there is that I think there's pressure on other parts of the organisation because now with requiring, you know, creating a hybrid workforce or a remote workforce, you've got pressure put on teams like IT and procurement to be able to supply, you know, the right headsets, the right laptop, you know, are they are HR going to give a stipend for internet connections? So I think the other thing to think about is that it's not just how does it impact the contact centre and the agents, but all of those supporting functions in the broader organization too that's a really good point and in line i guess with the people trend of 2023 where the recession is going to impact everyone more and kind of compensation pay benefits working conditions come become more important it's going to have a greater influence on i think employee retention loyalty talent acquisition and retention too so yeah yeah good point more holistic than just the contact center yeah Absolutely. And I like the way we've just rounded that up. So thank you so much. In terms of um, uh, my next question, I mean, COVID, I mean, accelerated the move to the cloud for the majority of contact centers, as we all know, and and companies everywhere are now kind of realizing the wider benefits of having their contact center in the cloud, ultimately. So, but just beyond the ability to connect an agents from anywhere, what's the journey been like so far for organizations? And what are their priorities likely to look like in the year ahead? Jennifer? Yeah, so I think, I mean, you're right. We've seen a lot of acceleration um, to the cloud in 2022. I think we're going to see more in 2023 uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, one is definitely a lot of the large on-premise uh, you know, providers have announced uh, end of life of solutions, etc. So I think that's a compelling reason for people to say, hey, well, what do I do? Do I move to the cloud? Um, you know, or do I, do I stay where I am and wait for the support? Um, you know, I think the customer experience space is just more competitive you know brands need to provide a more compelling customer experience customers are demanding it uh, in various different ways and then the other places is that cloud is is really a gateway it's a gateway it's an opportunity to so many different things i think once you've moved to the cloud you can accelerate things like ai automation analytics it just becomes a lot easier um, and so i think the thing to really think about as well is not just how do you move to the cloud but when you move to the cloud what do you do with your business processes there used to be a time when people would lift and shift. So, you know, take what you've got on premise and replicate it in the cloud. Uh, I think there's been a realization that maybe that's not the, the best thing to do. And I've been speaking to a, a lot of uh, contact center leaders who actually said, hey, when I thought about moving my contact centers to the cloud a few years ago, I thought about how do I make the contact center adjust and adapt 
to my business process. Now I'm spending time thinking, how do I adapt my business process to the capabilities that the cloud contact centers are actually providing? And so that takes a lot of thought and effort to say, how am I going to change and how am I going to adapt? So I think that'll be the thing as well, is not just how do people move to the cloud in 2023, but how do they adapt their processes and how do they potentially leverage more of the out of the box features that the cloud contact center providers can offer? Yeah, it's really interesting. I like what, what, the way you framed that as well. And, and I know Five Nine's been big on reimagining CX, but we, mm-hmm. it, what you're saying is re- really rethink CX. You know, make sure that you know the the technology is right for the future and it's right for you as a business, not just you know right for the supplier. So yeah, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard. It's hard to move to the cloud, right? It's not like you just click your fingers and woohoo, we're in the cloud. Um, so I think, you know, just taking that time to take a step back and saying, what can I change? What can I adapt? What should I do? What do my future consumers want? Um, you know, that's a really key and important step. Great. Claire, what do you think? Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of looking what outside in here from um, the customer experience perspective and that acceleration that we saw because of the pandemic meant that a lot of companies who did move and did move quickly did so without really considering not just the processes, but the actual experience itself for customers and for agents. And um, I've seen a lot of organizations, contact center leaders are now trying to kind of reverse engineer. Um, You know, we've got all these capabilities, but our experience became the outcome of having those capabilities. It wasn't something that was particularly well thought through. So I think, you know, will this be a trend for 2023 or should it be? Well, I would love to see is the same thing that I said in 2022 is about being able to, I think, you know, take that same step back and go, what is the target experience we want to deliver and how do our technologies enable us to do that rather than how do our technologies enable us to do stuff that the experience becomes the byproduct of? Yeah, and absolutely, completely agree. Um, really good point. So moving on to another one. I mean, we can't talk predictions without talking buzzwords, especially not at CX Today and Five Nine. So um, recently I've been hearing a little bit or quite a lot and certainly more and more about OptiChannel. And is that a trend that's going to be big in 2023? Um, Jennifer, do you want to explain that one first and tell us why that might matter to CX? Yeah, we all got bored. We needed some more. We thought omni-channel's not good enough. We were like, oh, no, we need to add it in more. So I think OptiChannel really, um, it builds off of personalization. We've been talking about personalization in the customer experience world for a long time. Uh, Have we achieved it? Probably not. Uh, In some cases, yes, um, but I don't think it's a consistent experience. Um, OptiChannel is really about optimizing the channel of choice for the customer at that moment in time. And so I think to Claire's point, you really have to think about what is your target customer experience? And just like, for example, in marketing, in marketing, you start with who is your ideal customer profile? And I think you have to do the same in customer experience. You have to think about who is my customer when, you know, what might be their context and how can I make sure that the customer experience service I'm providing adapts to that context. So OptiChannel, I think, is is very much an extension of personalization. It's about optimizing the experience. It's about meeting the customer 
I think as Claire said, where they are. Um, so that means that you need to think about all different types of channels. You need to think about, well, when is voice going to be the most convenient? When is text going to be better? When is messaging going to be better? When do I, uh, when do I swap and how do I create a fluid experience between the two? Right. I think that's really key, because if I start something, for example, um, via a voice channel, uh, but then you want me to pick options. Well, maybe it's better to switch to a text channel. I actually just had that yesterday evening. I was calling up a, an airline and, you know, they offered me, they said, hey, you know, would you like to do this via text instead and chat with a representative over text? So I think it's thinking about where is the customer? What's the optimal experience for them? How does that play across channels and creating a fluid experience across all of that? Love it. Claire, anything to add? Um, only that I think okay, I'm not a fan of buzzwords because I think they can be very distracting. I mean, we've got another bigger one than that coming up. Um, but but again, from the consumer's perspective, like you know, multi-channel made sense, didn't it? Because I can now do stuff in stores and online. Omni-channel, um, I think it's kind of set an expectation now that you'll be able to do whatever you want, wherever you want. So moving to opti-channel and potentially pushing customers through journeys, um, hopefully based on what their channel of preference is, is I don't know how that's going to go down where people have been used to being able to engage in any way they want. I think I'm really excited about um, the fusion between the technology is like for example like whatsapp voice messages <laughs> being able to um take that information route it in all the ways that we would do now through for your ai to the right people but to be able to give the customer the option to um continue however they want to because i think actually the consumer behavior is actually changing and it is broader than we think and voice um albeit not phone asynchronous voice i think mm -hmm. is a trend that we should be watching for in 2023 and beyond Indeed, and we are faced with so many different channels nowadays, aren't we, to communicate on. It's, uh, it's, it is about optimizing those channels and ultimately making them work because, you know, I think we've probably all been on the, the, the wrong end of a, a WhatsApp chat with a business and it's just, you know, it's not been a great experience or, or something's not gone right on these channels, these new channels of, uh, of so-called choice. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but absolutely love the fact that we've got to further optimize these channels. Um, another buzzword that uh, can't escape, uh, we can't escape at all in the news, in technology that never fails to impress is artificial intelligence, AI. I mean, what's been, you know, we've, we've been talking about AI and bots in customer experience environments for a long time now, uh, a long time now. How have we reached the peak of AI's potential yet? What do you think, Jennifer? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I was uh, chatting uh, the other day and, and we were saying, listen, the AI hype is over. And it's not over because we've uh, reached the peak. I, I think it's, it's over because now customers are really thinking about the practical implementations of AI. They're being thoughtful of it. Uh, you know, there's always like a lot of excitement when something comes out and it's like, oh, where can we use it? What can we do? Um, and now we, we've started to see customers just be a little bit more thoughtful about which projects will AI um, most benefit. 
And that could be AI in the form of intelligent virtual agents. It could be AI in the form, like Claire said, about conversational AI. Um, where we actually see massive power is we talk a lot about collaborative intelligence. So it's not just about artificial intelligence, but how do you use the power of AI and human intelligence together in order to combine them and to get better benefit for the end customer? And there was a, a really good study that actually showed if you do that, if you combine the power of AI with human agents, you can actually see, I think it was like a 61% improvement in CSAP and a 69% improvement in agent satisfaction. And that's another key point as well, is you have to think about the CX and the EX, the customer experience and the employee experience. So I don't think we've reached the peak. I think there is still huge potential Um you can see every day things like large language models with GPT-3 uh, have just created and opened up so much more opportunity for the contact center in order to be able to do things like uh, note-taking, transcribing, uh, identifying intents, identifying insights and trends. So I think there's still huge opportunity, but customers have been a bit more thoughtful, a bit more practical and saying, where is AI going to matter the most? And where will I get the ROI out of it versus saying it's sort of, you know, AI for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Claire, what's it look like through your lens? Yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm like the purist, aren't I, from the kind of customer experience angle and what, uh, what, what, what the reports are saying about how customers are receiving their technology. And for me, I think it's about, it's not reached the peak because we haven't reached the peak and been able to deploy it well as a customer experience as opposed to an initiative that delivers ROI and cost-saving benefits. So again, it's kind of back to that technology um, being selected and chosen because you know the experience and the target experience you want to deliver to your customers. Very few businesses have actually done that. Um, and as a result, we, we're still seeing data like 74% of customers would still rather speak to a person. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's not reached its full potential, but predominantly because it hasn't been implemented as effectively as it could. And again, I think it's that, you know, take a step back and review that actual um, experience and a target experience. We might be able to draw more of these things together and actually create the ultimate experience with a combination of these technologies. And as you said, you know, create these um, augmented experiences that um, human and artificial intelligence collaborate together to create something awesome. But again, I think there's very, very few examples um, to, to demonstrate that today, having been really effectively. More to come, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a common thread running through this conversation so far, which is look, now we've got the technology that we need, implement it properly. You know, take your time to think how that's going to be ultimately uh, beneficial to your customer experience and your employee experience. So. Yeah, and I think it's, it's ultimately about creating value. Yeah. So I think we get stuck on ROI too soon before we think about how do we create value for customers, employees, and the organization. And there are definitely sweet spots with all of this stuff, but the ROI. Um, it comes first in some of the decisions and needing to get that fast rather than um, allowing the time to test, learn, iterate and evolve experiences as a result of it. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a really great point. Uh, we've got a, a large hotel chain that's a customer of ours and they did exactly that. They they started small, they iterated, they learned and then they, they continued to adapt. And that's how they made it successful because, you know, they thought about, well, how are we improving the customer experience at each step. 
right? Are we adding value? Are we saving the customer time as well as saving us time? And it did require, um, you know, leadership. In this case, it was the CIO to sort of say, hey, you know what? We will get the ROI, but let's think about how we're improving this experience first and then it will come. So it takes a little bit of, you know, trust, I think, to to make some of these AI projects work as well because some of them do take time. Yeah, I think it's um, kind of like the expectation of the, the speed of the return on investment being, say, within the quarter rather than an, a, a, a significantly larger return on investment over a longer period of time. And that's a cultural and mindset shift, I think, um, particularly for the CFO to understand. <laughs> yeah, need a little bit more longer. Horizon 2 thinking, Horizon 2 thinking, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, finally, a technology, or some would call it a concept, and some might shoot me for calling it a concept, that's seen unprecedented coverage in the last year is the metaverse. Now, is this going to be the next big challenge for contact centers in 2023? Or is it, or is it a bit early for that? I mean, you must be seeing and hearing and, and doing you know, quite a bit with the metaverse at 5.9. Jennifer, what, what's your take? Yeah, it's an interesting one um, because there is such huge opportunity with the metaverse. Um, but you know, I'm channeling. I'm channeling Claire. I feel a little bit here. I, we haven't. We haven't got the customer experience right today outside of the metaverse in the real world. Like uh, it's like why jump to the metaverse and and what we can just get it wrong again. Um, and so I think. I think there's huge opportunity with the metaverse. Again, it goes back to focus use cases. We definitely have um, some customers and you know prospects that we're speaking to who are using the metaverse in targeted use cases to improve customer experience. So for example, I was chatting um, to a customer several uh, months ago and they were talking about how they're using the metaverse to actually train their in-store um, you know, retail attendance. So instead of bringing everyone together in a single physical location to sort of teach them about product placement and store setup, they're actually shipping out VR, um, you know, headsets and they're bringing people together um, and AR headsets, they're bringing together people in the metaverse. They've created, you know, a, a store in the metaverse where they can bring much more people together. They can bring trainers from across the world and they can discuss these topics in sort of real time about product placement, store setup, um, how do you interact with different customers? So I think from a training perspective, for the contact center, uh, I think we'll see the metaverse take off first. Uh, I think there are other use cases like healthcare, where there is huge potential, um, you know, for either pre-operative care or post-operative care as well. But I don't know, I, I think as, as cool as it is, uh, I'm not 100% sure that we're, uh, we're going to see a, a boom for the metaverse in the contact center in 2023. Good answer. Yeah, Claire, what's the, yeah, go on, jump in there. Well, I'm going to just go meta-curse at the moment because I think it's just <laughs> another massive distraction if everyone starts focusing on that instead of just getting the basics right and um, it, going back and reviewing and implementing some of the stuff we already have better. Um, but I think it's also very kind of context-dependent. So if you look at like gaming industries, for example, whose customers are already engaged in the metaverse and using the hardware, like I could see that would be the first year of early adopted cases potentially for service related to gaming. Um, I know like they kind of augmented reality in retail, um, things like being able to try makeup on and new hairstyles and um, checking out whether something will look good in your lounge from a normal food retailer um, is already kind of here. 
But um, I think, you know, trying to figure this out beyond a vision, perhaps for your 2026, 2027 customer experience would be a distraction from what we should be focusing on today. So yeah, I think if I was to kind of close with the thing I just said, probably like for three years in a row now, you know, being able to keep an eye on the future and understand the capabilities that exist to enable you to do stuff that adds values for customers should be the focus and being able to continue to take um, longer reaching views of where you're trying to get to because actually being able to reverse engineer that from where you are today is a much more efficient option um, to, to be investing in technology anyway. And that is a great place to finish, isn't it? Um, well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. But Jennifer and Claire, thank you so much for joining me and so much, so much for sharing some fantastic, you know, predictions and and uh, and viewpoints on the current marketplace and and what it's likely to be like in in the year ahead. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And thanks to everyone for watching CXTV. If you've got some good takeaways from today's session, do give us a quick mention on social and subscribe to our channel for more industry news and insights. I'm Rob Scott from CX Today. Thanks for watching.